Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com and you can also find us at iTunes. Well, the highs and the lows of Liverpool Football Club, and that win was definitely typified of how we've been playing this season. Uh, but finally, in 2017, we have a league win, so it's about time. Uh, and, and we're going to go ahead and talk about that win on this pod. I'm uh, joined by Jeff Hallett and Ali G. Good to have you guys on, especially after a big win. How are you guys doing tonight? What's up, Joey? Thanks for having me on. Of course. How, how are you? Certainly better than I was the last month. Right, exactly. So, great to be back. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get into the intro question, guys. Liverpool are clearly the most frustrating team. I think even as a neutral fan, like if you were to just watch Liverpool, you'd see them lose to the bottom teams and, and win against the top teams. I mean, even just right now, like the top six mini league right now, uh, between Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man City, Man United, and Arsenal. Liverpool have 16 points, Chelsea have 13 points, Tottenham 9, Man City 7, Man United 6, and Arsenal 5. And then games against the bottom 14 teams, Chelsea have 46 points, Arsenal 45, Man U 42, Man City 42, Tottenham 41, and Liverpool 33. So it's just ridiculous how this season has gone. I guess you would obviously like to beat the better teams because you know what your ceiling is, but still, just clearly... A very frustrating team to watch. Are there any other teams that you follow or that you've seen that are just as uh, frustrating as Liverpool? I know Ali doesn't follow too many more, but I guess the Ducks in the NHL could be one of them. Ali, what about you? Oh, okay. I mean, you told me about this. And I still have. <laughs> I was like, you watch the Ducks a little bit. You know a little bit about the Ducks. Yeah. Oh man, I only watch Liverpool and and football, and I only care about Dancing with the Stars. Uh, I would have to say probably I'll just go with uh, USA. USA is yeah, that's true. It's, it's pretty brutal to watch them. At, at least the women have been giving us something to, to root for. But yeah, the, the men's least. team is definitely really, really frustrating, especially because we haven't really had you know that that guy or those couple of stars really shine. Hopefully, Pulisic can be that soon. But what about oh, you? Yeah. We have Steve Birnbaum though, so we got there. You go. Star. We got we got Bernie. We got the future <laughs> yeah. center back, best center back in the world. So we're set. <laughs> Um, what about you, brother? What do you got? Well, uh, as a fellow baseball fan, we both share a good amount of heartbreak for most of our natural lives with, in my case, following the Dodgers, you with the Cubs, even though you got some success this year. Way to go, Joey. But I think I would default to Notre Dame football, which connected me originally to Brian Painter, also from the Talk On podcast. And very similar to Liverpool in its history, tradition, and perpetual ability to disappoint its fans like they're doing this year this exact year exactly exactly and you know what i have no love for you and painter on notre dame i am not a notre dame guy especially living in chicago it's basically split in half it's like either like them or you don't Uh, and i'm on the other side so hopefully when you guys go there at least this year you'll stop through chicago but i will not be wearing any green for you so sorry about that but uh mine mine would have to be i guess I mean, it was obviously the Cubs up until recently because they finally won, and that was single-handedly one of the most amazing moments of my life. But 
Uh, I would say the Bulls, the Bulls this year and in recent history are just really frustrating. They beat all the top teams, like they'll beat the Spurs, they'll beat the Cavs, um, they'll beat some really good teams in the league, and then they'll lose to just absolute crap. So it's just really similar to Liverpool in that way. I think I actually tweeted that out a little bit ago, how frustrating it was to watch them. But yeah, Liverpool, I mean, just in terms of, of Premier League teams are, are really, really probably the most frustrating team. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get with them, you know, week to week. Now it seems like we are a little bit more just with the style of play we have and teams that sit back, which are usually the lesser teams we don't do well against. Uh, and we'll go into that a little bit more as the pod progresses. But, you know, we just beat Tottenham. Obviously, Klopp now has played 22-1-11, drawn 10, and lost one versus the top six, including Everton. So that's the top seven. Uh, I mean, it's just a crazy record for Klopp right now. It's one. Of, it's one of the good records that he does have. Uh, I know a lot of people want to smash him for the finals and the big games, but he he is a big game manager, right? Like he he does do well against these top sides. So we're gonna go ahead now and analyze one of those top sides, the best de- defense in the Premier League, included in that in, in Spurs and guys. Clean sheet was that was that real life? Did that actually happen with with Lucas and our and our back four? How, how's that possible? That's insane. I have a theory about this, though. Because <laughs> he plays better from the back, is that what it is? <laughs> no, well, um, I mean, if you, if you looked at this game, we, we played great. Henderson, I think, defensively had one of his best games. He True. just took out Deli Alley completely. That's what we need from a center defensive mid and what we've been asking for. Um, but I think what was different about this game and different from all the games that we played is our center backs were touching the ball list. I don't know if you noticed Milner just hucking the ball up. That's how we scored two of our goals. But it just seemed like they were just blasting the ball, hoofing it at this point, and not not playing around with it and touching it with our center backs. I think that was a major difference. I think this was actually one of the games this entire season where our center backs had the least amount of passes and touches between them, uh, which is funny because that's, you know, we've been doing better, you know, when they've had fewer touches. I think the style of play that we have... Uh, Exactly, you know, where like teams are coming at us, we don't have a lot of time to sit on the ball. Um, so I think this is one of the first times that, that we basically had somewhat of a similar amount of touches from our front three and our back three. Like, so like this, this comes from, uh, Simon Brundish on Twitter. He says, against our, the, the top six, our center backs average 56 touches and 34 completed passes. And against the draws, they average 79 touches and 59 completed passes. So, I mean, they're definitely having a lot more when they're when they're on the ball a lot more. We've been losing more games, oddly enough. Um, and you know, against the top six, uh, Bobby, Lalana, and Phil averaged sixty-one touches and twenty-nine completed passes. And against the draws, they averaged seventy-five touches and forty-three completed passes. So it's like when we have the ball more. And I know it's we're obviously trying to break that team down, but oddly enough, we don't do better. So. So when we have, yeah. you know, like just because our gag and pressing and how we play, you know, when we have, when it's, you know, quicker, quicker movement, like, you know, win the ball back and go, especially when there's some space left behind and you touch the ball less and it's just more direct play, then we're actually a better team. So Hallett, I don't know if you noticed any of that in this Spurs game because they definitely did come at us. They, they do have a high line. Their fullbacks usually like to press on. Um, did you see any of that kind of back to the original way we play or the better way we play? Yeah, it's emblematic of how we play against top six sides and why that's such a story floating around Twitter, floating around the universe, it seems. When we have space, yes, you don't have to play from the back much. You've got areas to for Milner to huck the ball forward. 
And that's what we had in this match. It allowed the sort of flow that Klopp was even talking about in his pregame presser that's been missing from the side. When we play teams that sit back, we don't have that space. Therefore, there can be no flow. We don't have yet the creativity or at least proven the creativity apart from West Brom earlier in the year, some exceptions. We haven't proven the capability yet to break down teams that sit back. So I think that's the real bogey as we move on through the rest of these 13 games, the rest of the season, chasing for that top four spot. We had that in this game. It allowed our offense to flourish, and it was lovely to watch. I mean, the side so clearly needed confidence coming out of this one, and they got it. Cheers to them. Yeah, that's that's key to confidence, especially going into this break here and, and some time to rest going against Leicester coming up, uh, which we'll do a, a preview on. You know, they definitely needed this confidence. Ali, I don't know if you noticed what you know this, but but what I noticed was that it's some, it seems like we got stuck in a little bit more than some other games. There's a lot of yellow cards between both teams. This game showed a, we showed a little bit more fight maybe than we usually do. Uh, I don't know if that's because they were just getting frustrated and then they would find that we'd kind of retali- not retaliate, so to speak. But uh, I mean, that's, that's what I like to see at least, you know, some of our players yeah. getting stuck in because how many yellow cards Liverpool, you know, they don't, they don't have many yellow cards this, in, this entire year, you know? So I don't know if that yep. maybe was part of why we, you know, maybe it's because we just know we really needed the win, but I don't know. I it was know more of a professional display all around because Second I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's mainly because of our captain. He finally was a captain. He pulled the team aside, um, gave him like a good talk. Did, didn't you hear about this? Yeah, um, so yeah. finally he did that. And then what do you know? In January, we, or we didn't win in January. We just won that <laughs> the one cup game. But finally in February, we get our first win in 2017 in the Premier League. And I think it's finally showing that we actually do need a captain who's a captain at all times. Yeah, and we talked about this in previous pods too, is that we've desperately been needing someone not just to to maybe yell, but kind of show lead by example somewhat like Stevie did and, and not comparing their talents. But, but I mean, Henderson really did get stuck in. He, he does give it his all. And so, I mean, he may not be the, the best leader, so to speak, but... He gives it a hundred percent and you can see that in his play. And, and really that's all you can ask for. You know, like if, if a player just doesn't have the skill set of another player, well, you know, wh- what do you have to, what do you want from them? You want effort. So at least he gives that. And, and listen, he's been excellent. Uh, Jeff, I know you've been a big fan of Hendo this year. I mean, it's a new, it's a new role for him, but you know, there has, there have been certain games where I wish he'd be a little bit more progressive with his passing and a, and a little bit more less relaxed in terms of his, you know, side to side passing. Um, but he, he had a great game against Spurs and he's, I don't know if it's maybe he's getting a little bit more fit and that heel injury is feeling a little bit better, but he, he's starting to show, you know, some form that he had, you know, even back to, to when Suarez was here and I was different positions, but he's, he's really coming into his own right now this year. True. To Ali's point, you can't teach leadership leadership is either present in the player or it's not it's not something that can be coached it's not something that can be contrived and it's good that he took the players aside for this but you know could that have happened two three weeks prior uh were there other moments that called for that leadership where it wasn't there i mean none of us were sitting in the dressing room with him or at melwood i mean who didn't love the performance of him plus all of the front four and and Liverpool front to back with the exception of Loverin for the first half of the season. It was very impressive. But as winter came, how did the team handle it? Not in the greatest way. If you're talking about your first 
win in 2017 in February, it's sort of evidence that you didn't handle it all that well. Right. So that, that's been that's been missing from him. Yeah, and and you know he's definitely part of the reason why our our play has been flowing a lot. And and I'm, we'll get into a couple other players as the pod progresses. But before we move on to kind of how we played, I wanted to touch upon a general. Uh, aspect of our game uh, that it isn't very strong. Ali is our set piece defending and attacking. Um, our set piece attacking isn't terrible. Like we we do create some goals off of that. Unfortunately, we don't have like we've said in previous pods a a set piece taker that you know we can really depend on. Like when we had Suarez and Gerard in the same team, Coutinho's decent, but he doesn't. You know, Milner's decent, but they don't provide that really you know quality ball every time so again it was another 10 corners that we had that we didn't score on and and the one thing I did want to point out is more on the defensive side now I know Kane was off sides when he had that nice touch on that set piece and it hit the post um and and then the rebound was scored even though it didn't count but if he was on side he still would have gotten to that ball like he had a lot of space and so Ali is this just something that you know it's just it's it's been frustrating for Liverpool, you know, the past couple of years. You know, it's been now basically three, four years. You know, during the Rodgers days, that we weren't really good at it. Is this just something that it's kind of like, all right, Klopp had his first window. He's trying to address his style of play, and then this is something that yes, they do work on, but something that may be more of a focus when you know as the next year comes. I mean, what I'm a little confused myself as to why we just can't get this right, especially with. You know, Matip in the back, and and yes, Mignolet did look a little bit more commanding on on crosses. But again, I mean that if he was on side, he, he would have still gotten to the ball. So so what is it? What what is wrong with our set piece defending? Is that anything to do with man versus zone? I mean, what, what's going on here? I think we saw this a while back when Rafa was in charge. We went to zonal marking instead of man to man marking. And I know um, Klopp does like a form of zonal marking where he has like the the smaller players like Klein just sit into into different spaces. But I think it's just the fact that we're playing a lot larger teams and we're not the biggest team in the Premier League. We're we're actually pretty small. I think Matt the, in this game was our, our tallest player. Hendo's like our second tallest player on the on the pitch, not counting um Minulay. So I think that's that's a huge issue for us and I don't think you could change that unless you bring new center backs in or Yeah, and Bobby's a forward, so he's not gonna exactly. really be back on and you know, while he is decent in the air, um you know, he's not really going to come back too much yeah you have Coutinho and Mane then in the front uh you have Wijnaldum and who's decent in the air but Wijnaldum and Lana, right so I mean you are right I mean Lucas is decent in the air but again you know we, we are definitely missing maybe somewhat of a commanding center back to, to to maybe be paired with with uh Matip who can who can help out with that but I mean it's just something again it's just something that doesn't seem to be going away uh, a little bit of a frustration for sure for me just when I'm watching Liverpool but let's, let's go ahead and, and, and move on a little bit to maybe some specific players. You know, uh, I think it, we, we had talked about, obviously, how how we're playing and why we're playing this way uh, in terms of our style and, and, and how it can only be really, I don't want to say perfected, but done very well against teams that come at us. But let's just move into more of kind of how some of the players individually played. So I, 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 let's just go ahead and get right to it. I think Jeannie Wijnaldum uh, had an excellent game for us. It, it's odd. It was... Um, you know, according to AI under pressure, he had he was dispossessed the most times in any game this entire season. Yet he still was one of the players of the game, and I think that maybe is because he's being a little bit more expansive, a little bit more, uh, 
you know, risky, I guess, when, when you have the ball. But some of those passes you like to see, I mean, that, that pass that he had to Mane for the goal was excellent. But let's go ahead, guys, and, and just talk about Genie Wijnaldum and his, his general play. Listen, it hasn't just been this, this whole year, I think. I mean, it just it hasn't been just been this whole game. I think we've talked about how he's he's been a, an important player for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, how what what have you seen out of Genie? You know, not just this game, but also what he does for this team this year. Straight from the bottle. So phenomenal performances versus Chelsea and Spurs at Anfield. So high eighty eight percent pass accuracy, couple chances created, an assist, a goal. Uh, five out of nine in terms of his tackles, four out of four for his head of duels, uh, three clearances. So he's been all over the pitch. It's been a phenomenal series of performances for him. And he's already a monster on the ball. Doesn't give it up very easily, very, 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 very strong and holding it. And yeah, his ability to anticipate his teammates going forward with Mane with the first goal, it, very, very, very impressive. Yeah, uh, can I say something? Yeah. He, I mean, he's been playing like this for most of the season. It's just when we're destroying teams, he was playing like this. We just didn't notice it because Firmino, Mane, Coutinho were getting all the uh, praise for it. But he, he's been recycling the ball and playing like this for a while now. Yeah, and I mean, Ali, just, it looks like he's looking for for other players all the time. I and mean, whenever he gets the ball, he's looking, he's, he's quick at recycling, he's looking up. I remember uh, during the game, he had the ball and he was looking to the left and, and Milner was, should have been there probably, you know, like five seconds earlier, but he's literally looking and just oh, like holding his hands open to the space. Milner, you know, come here. He's like, he gets the ball. He looks up. He sees where we can progress on the field. And it, it, just like you said, Jeff, he holds the ball so well and he, and he, he looks like kind of like a small guy, but he's very, very strong. And, you know, that back heel pass he had, he's showing that he has quality alley that, uh. Oh my God. I love that back heel pass. That was to Lalana on the left side, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that that uh, left-footed almost jabby Alonso. I wish he would have connected well with that so bad when he went for that shot. Yeah, yeah, shot. that's what we're talking about. Oh, I know that would have <laughs> been great. With with that one a little bit um, from basically half halfway, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I thought he was excellent, excellent this game, guys. Let's go ahead and move on. Obviously, we know how good Genie's been, especially when he's been playing that midfield three kind of instead of a little bit more forward for us. Uh, Sadio Mane. I mean, what else can you say? The guy comes back. I think, I think he, what's been really key for him. He he had a heartbreaking loss at, at the Afcon, and um, and he comes back and he just knows that Liverpool are going to be here for him. The fans are going to be here for him. I think it was an easy transition for him to come back to. I think a lot of other clubs maybe it would have been rough, and 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 now he knows he just needs to focus on the league. But he he's come back, and after the first game, you know, he he was decent, but now it looks like he's really got his legs back under him. And, and just what a performance, Ali. I mean, we, we really were lacking that pace. Those, it's not just his pace specifically, but it's his, his knowledge and his runs in behind the defense. And when he presses teams like that, that pressing goal that, 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 or the, I believe it was, uh, it was Monty's second goal. Uh, that all came from him coming across the entire right side of the field and then pressing was it Dyer, I think. And he took the ball from Dyer. Just, his knowledge of the game and his anticipation is, is excellent. So, you know, it's great to have him back, right? I love this guy because he, he gives us something that we don't have, and that's just just insane, like, strong pace. And I haven't seen that in a long time. We had a little bit of that with Sterling. He had pace, but it wasn't as powerful as Mane. And that's, I mean, you, you can go back to that season where we almost won it, and we had Sterling. We always need that one player with a lot of pace in the front three, at least. So I'm just happy we have him. I, I feel bad for Tottenham because they did have to drop, uh, I think Rose had a knee injury, so they played Davies. And yeah, 
and the, I mean, was, he was just having a torrid time <laughs> dealing with Mane, but Mane was immense this game. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, even that that shot that he had that Lloris made, an absolutely great. I mean, I, I know it's near post, and you say, oh, you know, you shouldn't get bit, beat near post, but that was an absolute rocket. I don't think many other goalkeepers in the Premier League would have made that save. It was it was an excellent save, and. He was on fire, and then even the the chance that he had the Lloris save when he was trying to nutmeg him. I mean, he was just he's scoring, he's assisting, he's he's an integral part of this team. It's the finishing that you're talking about, and I don't think you could put Sturridge in the same spot. I mean, certainly with the pace, he wouldn't be able to get those wheels turning that fast. And you could argue Bobby with all of his troubles, unlucky, whatever you want to call it, in the final third. Mane brings that. He brings the finishing skill. I mean, his off-balance shot on the second was incredibly impressive. And you're right. I mean, making the runs to get Genie's through ball and putting that one in. His his finishing is rock solid. We need that. We need to, we need it to score goals. And ultimately, if we're going to survive this campaign through the rest of the 13 games of the season, it's, that's got to be there. Yeah, and I mean, he's our leading scorer right now. It's just... It, it, he, that, I think that's maybe the main difference between him and Sterling that I would say because they, they both do hold the ball well. They, they both make intelligent runs, but Sterling, maybe he just lacks that kind of finishing touch. And, and Mane, I mean, he's played striker before. He played striker at Southampton, you know, a fair amount of times. So he is that kind of I love him. winger. Yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, Ali, <laughs> what I love about him most is just that he, he he's such a humble guy, such a nice guy. That that Firmino, the gun shooting uh, celebration, what he did to him, and they're just like, why'd you do it? And he's just like, I, I like Firmino. I just, <laughs> I wanted to do that celebration. So Have you seen him do videos where he's just thanking the fans? And yeah, it's the <laughs> he, best. He like, kind of fucks up and then just smiles and turns it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the best. I mean, he... He's excellent, but you know, let, let's just go from someone who has been finishing for us and, and, and has been doing very well to someone else who, who's been doing very well, but has has been missing his his finishing touch. Bobby, uh, yeah, Bobby. He so like Klopp, you know, Klopp said this was one of the best performances that he's seen from a striker who hasn't scored. And listen, he's right. It's like the ninety fourth minute, and Firmino is still sprinting up and down the pitch. He is so crucial to what we do, Jeff. That. I mean, he cannot score again and do well, and, and fans still look at that and understand that. Yes, I, I think we we all agree that he, he hasn't been excellent in terms of his offensive performance. He, he does need to be producing a lot more, but but what he's been doing, you know, even just off the ball, has been unbelievable for us. You just want the results to follow for all the work. That's exactly, what Klopp yeah. wants. That's what all the fans want because he is clearly working his socks off. From minute one through stoppage time, there's no one that's been more consistent in that number nine spot for Klopp and his system than Firmino. It's why he continues to be in that spot. I just would love to see him reap the reward of all the work because he's been putting it in. You know, he, he, you could call it unlucky in some of the balls that went to his feet. And obviously, we all remember the whole game. Let's not relive that nightmare. But, you know, skying it over the cage when he was dead center 1v1. Just would love to see, you know, some of these money moments of being able to finish the ball or getting it in the right spot. And maybe it's just a matter of luck. It will come in time. But I think the next evolution of his game is getting there, you know, making that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ali, Can I say something? It, yeah, is it yeah. just that he's unlucky so, right now? Like, what is it? So, okay. So, for me, for me, work ethic, great. We can talk about that all day. Like, perfect for Klopp's gang-impressing style. 
But I think it's hold to play, something that goes unnoticed. Exactly. Um, if, if you see, okay, so before, at the beginning of this pod, we talked about how our defense against Tottenham was a little different because we were just hucking the ball, hoofing it up, and we're taking less touches. And I think that only worked because Firmino could hold up these shitty balls we're getting up forward. He can hold the ball, he can press. I mean, the, I mean, there are a couple clear cut chances he missed, like against Chelsea, and then, and we're not going to forget about those, but, Everything he brings to the team, he makes us so much better as a unit that I, I even even if he doesn't score, he has to <laughs> he has to play. I mean, I mean he is all around one of the best players that I've seen for Liverpool. I mean, I, I he may not be you know excellent and in like top drawer at one specific skill, but everything that he brings, like you said, his hold up play, his finishing is good. Like he has been off recently, but he is a good finisher. Uh, he's he's decent in the air. Uh, he he's great at, at holding the ball at his feet. He's not super pacey, but he has some pace to him. Very intelligent. He can play across the front three. I mean, this guy just provides so much for this team. Uh, the the difference between like I know on Twitter a lot of people are saying, well, Benteke scored more goals than him or had a better ratio, and that's kind of going around in, on Twitter, but. Firmino makes a team better. Benteke made everyone worse. That's a big difference. Well, also, because basically we had to cater to Benteke's needs, whereas it's almost the opposite. Like Firmino can basically like adapt to whatever system he's in and make it work because of his effort and everything else that he brings. So, you know, he, he's been an excellent player. There's a couple more players I wanted uh, positive performances that I wanted to touch upon before we moved on. Uh, one of those was Lucas. Now. I, like I said at the beginning of the game, I, I, you know, I couldn't really believe that Lucas was in our back four. Uh, Ali, we, we had talked previously about this, uh, and I talked about this with Dave on, on the previous pod that I would actually rather have Lucas starting over Lovren. So I, I wasn't, you know, I know Lovren was injured, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy for me to think about how, how I want Lucas starting in our, in our back four. I mean, it, it, for me, it'd be Gomez, but, uh, you know, second behind Gomez would be Lucas. He, look, he had a great game. He had an excellent game. Um, he, he proved me wrong when, when I said that. But l- let's not forget, we still concede a goal every 51 minutes when he's in the side. Like, it's not like the, the guy is, is the savior. And I know there's a lot of people that love him. We all love him. But, um, you know, we can stick away from some of the negatives, you know, for right now. Let's just, let's just say, I mean, what, it was a great performance, uh, Painter, or, uh, Hallett, sorry. He, he, uh. I've been called Painter. <laughs> I like this. You know, Hallett, he had a. It, suddenly a I could dance better. That's <laughs> no, fine. There you go. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, he, he was, he was excellent. Listen, he, he plays, I think, I think he plays the balls through the midfield a little bit better and a little bit quicker. And that's why Klopp likes playing him at the back. Well, that's his natural position, right? He's better with the ball. No, it's not. Center back's forward. definitely not his natural position, though. No, not say, not center back. It's midfielder is what I mean. Um, as a holding mid, right, is right. someone that touches the ball, pushes it forward, and the amount of balls that went forward in this match versus other matches, the tactical change that Klopp made to make sure more balls go in the air forward probably helped him, but still. For a guy that has been such a club man and has had, you know, much maligned week to week uh, versus Hall, for instance, he had a career day and you gotta be happy for the guy. How many years in a row have we been talking about shipping him out and shipping him to Milan, wherever? You feel good for Lucas Leva. He put in the work. He, you know, was flawless on the ball and we kept a clean sheet. 
Yeah, so. I mean, clean sheet, unbelievable. But Ali, yeah, he deserves you know, way surprised. more praise for this. He no, no, he, he does. More. He was playing with Milner. <laughs> no, no, Ali, I get <laughs> that. And, and, Milner, and, I, and he's getting a clean sheet for us. That's that's immense. I, I get that, but I was a little bit surprised that they didn't go at him more. First of all, I, I think Kane, Erickson, and Deli Ali didn't even have a chance created. Like they, we we were we were very very good, and and I didn't think they were very good. I think Klopp won the tactical battle, but I was. Definitely surprised that they didn't just look at Lucas and go, "All right, we're gonna run right at you." I mean, he, I, I was, I was just, I was surprised at that. But, but you guys are right. I mean, he, I, I'm completely open to saying it as well. You know, he, he had an excellent game. He, he really did. He, I just have a soft spot for him because he's, he's just yeah. a Liverpool guy. I mean, he's just not good enough. But, but you know what? He had a good game. You know what? I he's saw? pretty good in the air defensively, which he actually I'm happy is. about. He's, yeah. it's oddly enough, he's pretty similar to Lovren in a couple of those ways. Like he's decent in the air. Um, I think he's obviously a much better passion Lovren, but what they do, what, what I noticed the similarities between them two in, in this past game was that they're, they're both very aggressive and they'll go for that tackle and maybe leave in some space behind, which always isn't the best thing unless you make that tackle. And Lucas, you know, he made every tackle this game. There's been other games, you know, where he's very aggressive and, and will cause a needless foul. But I think, he, whereas Lovren hasn't been, when he's aggressive, he's been doing it more out of like knowing where the ball is going to be versus just going out of position and trying to go get that, right? But like, listen, he, he, as you guys, hopefully you saw that, I mean, he, there was a couple times where, you know, if he didn't make the tackle, if he didn't, you know, when he was aggressive, it, it would have definitely left us pretty susceptible to, to maybe, um, getting in some space behind. But, um, let's go ahead and move on from Lucas. And I wanted to bring up, uh, Minulay because Minulay had a, a really good game. He had a huge save on Son that, that could have completely changed the entire direction of, of the game. Uh, I thought he came out on crosses, you know, very well. Uh, and, um, you know, he, he was getting his wall set up as soon as possible. It's funny to see Coutinho kind of sit down behind the wall. Yeah. <laughs> taking the knee. Sure. That was great. Right, Jeff. But, um, you know, Minulay and Karius, uh, some people thought that, that Karius was going to come back, myself included, this game. Um, where are you at? Are you uh, with this kind of situation at the moment? We have way too much history to think any other. So what we're staring at, the performance week to week with Minulay, is classic Minulay. I mean, he, he's a shot stopper. Cool. He's communicating a little bit better with his mates. That's a marked improvement from last week. And he's still on all of his kicks, popping it up to center pitch and, you know, kicking it to defenders versus his players. At least we haven't seen a ball out of bounds yet, but it's same manually. So it, he's going to stop shots. Great. That's probably what we need most long term. He's not the answer for the club. And you hope that carriers can come up and be ready at some point. Yeah. Ali, what about you, man? What do you- it's, it's, it's nice to know, like, it, let, let's just say Karius ends up getting in net and goes on a good run of form. It's nice to know that we would have either one of them, whoever's the backup right now. It's nice to know that we have a, a solid backup. Yep. But, but at the same time, you know, for instance, Loris literally kept them in the game. Like, he made two crucial saves. And now, while Simon has made some good saves for us, he's just, he's not that type of player who, who's going to win you points. So, I mean, it's just an interesting kind of goalkeeper situation we have right now. Uh, where, where do you stand on it? He's just, okay. So for now, obviously just keep playing him until, you know, something bad happens. Picarious and like Carius regain his starting spot that he's going to have eventually. But I mean, going forward, he'd be a great backup. I don't think he would want to be a backup. If he would be a backup, that would be perfect, but he's not going to like, he's not 
like De Gea. He's not going to save us top four or get us points to get top four. But I would argue, Ali, there's uh, even there's there's like legitimately five goalkeepers that are before him. You know, like even even maybe even more than that, um, which is just um, frustrating. You know, like Courtois, De Gea, Loris. Who else? Um, I'd say even Pickford but, had a, has had a solid season. Well, I'd say healthy, but, yeah, decent. a healthy Butland. I'd say <laughs> Begovic is. I would say is even better than him. even even Michel Vorm. Like is it could like I, I just yeah. I mean, it, it's. I think it's mainly because you don't see those guys really making mistakes. And, and while you can say yes, Minulay might be a better shot stopper than them. He 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 just he's not going to win you points. Often, in fact, he might lose you a little bit more. He has been getting a little bit more confident, and his play has been getting a little bit better, uh, which, which has been great. But at the same time, I mean, I just I, I want to see Karius get a run of games in. I, I, I really do, and and hopefully that'll happen. But um, last player specifically I wanted to talk about before we, we go into our seat index ratings is Emre Chan. Emre Chan came on. He, he looked... Decent when he came on, um, but I think it's clear right now that the midfield three that we had today, even though Lalana, you know, he had a, he had a good game. Uh, he hasn't been excellent for us as he was just you know even just a month and a half ago, pretty much. Um, but I, I think it's clear, guys, that this is probably the the three in the mid that we should play with, uh, and hopefully yep. that means. Oddly enough, I think it could mean a little less pressure on Emre because I feel like when he comes in the games, he has to feel like he has to force stuff a little bit more. Uh, and, and oddly enough, I think that just him being able to maybe work on his game a little bit more uh, and, and training and, and, you know, whatever it is. I mean, he's still a young player and he needs to – does need to produce and he needs to develop a little bit more. But, Ali, what, what's going on with Emery for you? Um, I think, you know, it, it, I don't think it's more of a knock on Emery, just more of a like, all right, well, the three we have right now are just really just in better form than he is. Yeah, I mean, the three we have now, they're in better form, like you said. But I think what people don't understand is he hasn't been really fit. We've been just using him because we needed someone in that position while Lalana got injured. He's been playing on an injured like calf strain, on an injured yeah, ankle yep. this whole season. So we haven't seen the real Emery. So people need to like look at that because they're giving him so much stick and just want him to fuck off now. But he was one of our best players last season at the end of the season, and he's a fucking amazing player he's just been playing injured and Jim, what else do you want from him absolutely and it we've seen what he's been able to do in the past especially last year jeff do you think it's maybe because his best role is that you know that holding midfielder role that henderson's in now and because henderson's a little bit more mobile and maybe is just picking up Klopp's system a little bit better and, and knowing his role more um that, that that's the reason why he's starting or do you think it's just that you know, in general, Emre's just not been performing that well. Yeah. So unfortunately, this season for Jean has been star-crossed. He come off the Euros, just like Ali said, injured, come into the side. He doesn't have the physical attributes to be able to play week to week. And as he's slotted in, you know, Hendo coming off of his injury, he could play. And he needed to show his leadership to deserve the captain, captaincy. So that's why Hendo got most of most of the uh, the starting spots. He just hasn't had you know the ability to go week to week and and build. He's been too injured. He hasn't had the momentum. He hasn't had the match time to really build up to where he was even last season. So I'm with Ali on the fans need to chill out a bit. But you know there just really wasn't the opportunity for him this year. And yes, he could be 
more capable, I think, in that holding mid. Because I, I don't think Hendo, for all of his accolades in the first half of the season, probably not the leader long term for Liverpool. I, I don't think he's going away come summer, but may not be starting there come, you know, say September next year. I would honestly play my center back at this point. Dude, that's that's exactly what I that's what I wanted. He was amazing that's in exactly the back three. What I so wanted. Why not? <laughs> why, with the injuries we had, with Gomez just getting back, I, I've said multiple times I would love to see him playing center back right now. I think he'd be like a actually a very good center back for us. I, maybe he might be too similar to um, Matip in the sense that he likes to play out, you know, a lot, and he'd probably be trying to make some runs forward, and and maybe they're not the best partnership, but. I mean, right now, it, 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 why not try it? Why, why not try certainly, it? Certainly, certainly beats Lucas Leva. Yep. Well, well not against Spurs, but yeah, him yeah, I mean, overall. Just, but, but even just <laughs> How about against any other. It's, yeah, I mean, just against no, no, that's fine. I mean, I'm just saying, just against like a lower level side. Let's just try it out. Let's just see how it goes. Because I, again, Ali, like you said, when he played in the back three force, I know a back three is obviously different than a back four, but. I mean, if he's not going to be playing in midfield, I still think that he can provide some some quality for us on, on the pitch. So I, I've been when he plays, we can see less. Simple as it's that. It's true. It's true. And and uh, you know he he'd be a really quick center back as well. So I mean, I, I'm on board with that. I would love to see him get a, get a shot at center back. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I would love to see it happen. So. Yeah, I mean, um, how many position changes could he do in his Liverpool career, right? Yeah, ver- he's, he's a team man, but is he that much of a team man? Well, his, his versatility has definitely helped or hurt him a lot for uh, for sure. He's never really locked down a, a position yet. But um, guys, this is a better version of Milner. <laughs> oh man, no! Oh god, don't even please. I hope he I hope he develops. But let's guys, let's go ahead and uh, before we we move on to our seat index. Uh, I, I Painter went to the Irish American, I believe, and uh, he got some some fan interviews. Uh, so thank you to everyone there uh, who was able to speak with Painter and, and give us your thoughts on the game. Let's go ahead and listen. This is Brian Painter with the FootballPurist.com Talk On Podcast. It's Saturday afternoon here in downtown Manhattan. I'm on the way to the Irish American to watch Liverpool take on Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> at the Irish American after Liverpool beat Tottenham Hotspur 2-0 at Anfield. That's right. Yeah, baby. I'm joined by... Natalie Evans. Natalie, where are you from? I'm from Liverpool. Aaron Groman. I live in Jersey City, New Jersey. Emilio from Jersey City. Vikas Bhatia. London originally, but New Yorker now, nine years. What did you think of today's amazing game? I am very much reassured by that. I came here today expecting to watch the match through my fingers with kind of gritted teeth because it hasn't been the greatest month, month and a half for us. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're getting, we're back in form. Mane's back, which is a huge relief. And yeah, we look, we look like a team who could challenge. You know what? The pressure was on from the beginning. We saw that the, the, the two goals came very, very, very quickly. Um, I think uh, Klopp's obviously gone through like dry, dry January, just like the rest of the world, right? Oh no, it's a dry January. The pressure's back. Mane come back from African uh, African Nations Cup. It was, a, it was a great first half, and I think after that we just kept the pressure on. Well, it was exactly what we needed. <laughs> we've, <laughs> no we've shit. <laughs> had, yeah, exactly. We've had a rough spell there. Um, I think it's pretty clear one major thing that we were missing in January, and it <laughs> begins with man and ends with A. So, <laughs> and A. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I mean, we always, I, I was very hopeful actually coming into this match because we do seem to have that thing about us, that delightful thing about us where we seem to do well against good teams and kind shit, of... Shit against Portland. Shit against shit. Um, so I was hopeful, but, you know, this was fantastic and it was exactly the, the shot in the arm that I, I hope that we need to get us through the rest of the season. It was great. Um, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's a little bit disappointing because we were so great today compared to January where we dropped so many points. I'll tell you, I'm so happy to have Sadio Mane back in the freaking side. He came in and he really showed us why he was the difference. We missed him a lot. How do you think Klopp set up? Brought Jeannie back in. I think that was crucial. Uh, yeah, Chan has just been kind of non-existent. You know, um, yeah, I mean, the, the front three, you know, were amazing. I think, you know, still Coutinho and Firmino, I don't know quite what's going on there. They need to kind of get their groove back. But Mane kind of made up for it and made things happen. And uh, well, it was great to see Hendo, Lalana, and Jeannie in the same lineup again. Uh, when they, whenever they take the field, and we have uh, we got Firmino running, we got Mane running. Coutinho's always you know the star player we have. So seeing all of them play together, it really made a difference. Finally, feel like it was kind of like a strong enough team. Like I mean, I know you, you can't really help you know African combination like. Mane was gone. When you're missing big players like that, you're always going to feel it. But yeah, today was the first day I felt like we had a kind of a strong setup. I've got to say, when we saw Chan warming off, it was like, please no, just, just don't, 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 don't take it, don't take yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, fine. Nobody ever was <laughs> like, oh Jesus, yeah. No, but you know, we were, we were good, and you know, they they play well together, and yeah, I feel like, I mean, well, it, it was it was there in the results. So hopefully, now that we're back into a bit of a flow, we can see some more what results. It, I mean, they seem to be, they seem to be. Playing Playing well together, I think. You know, we've got so many options, and Klopp's just trying to work it out. And I think, you know, sometimes we have a, a run of bad luck, and sometimes we have a run of good luck. But all in all, he's, if he's finding a groove, I say stick with it. Who's your man in the match? Oh, Sadio Mane by far. He was, you know, without <laughs> no him, those goals don't go in. Uh, Lucas, he, he was solid at the back. I, I'll be honest, I was a little nervous to see him in the lineup, but uh, him, him and Matip did a great job today, so it, was, it wasn't bad. Um, you know. I, as much as I think Mane, obviously with the two goals, was man of the match, I also have to give a shout-out to Lucas. Whoa, Lucas. <laughs> Lucas, yeah, who <laughs> is, a, is an old favorite of mine. But I thought, you know, he was back there. He was organizing things. He, you know, did the header to save the one goal. And, he, you know, everything he does, he does with a smile. And I appreciate that. Uh, it's got to be Mane. It's got to be Mane, yeah. I heard some shouts on the TV for... Lucas and I know he had a good game, but oh my god, are you kidding me, Mane? Uh, you know, I, I'll take a I'll take a good Lucas game, one in four matches. Like <laughs> Ben Davis is going to have nightmares about Mane for the next six months. I, I, I think so. No, he, he definitely made his presence felt, and um, you know, I think it gives the club a lot to think about between here and the end of the season. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Mane. <laughs> I think I mean, like literally, it was like 21 minutes in, and we were disappointed that he didn't have a hat trick. I mean. <laughs> He's yeah, he's back. He's fired up. He's um, he's looking on full. He looks so rested now. That he at, yeah, his first game back, he didn't look like he was. He didn't no. look like he was. He was he was fit and firing. I feel like I feel like that's the case for Mane. I feel like that's the case for us all. We had so many games. Like I mean, I was in the boot room sat like weekends, midweek with weekends, midweek because yeah. it was just so. And that's me. You know, it's such yeah. a challenge to come here and watch the match. <laughs> but the guys must have been knackered. So yeah, I feel like you know. Everyone looks a little bit more rested. They feel like they're getting back into it, so definitely. Fantastic. Well, this has been Brian Painter with the Talk on podcast.
Thank you guys very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's always good to hear from you. And, and I'm sure we'll have Painter on again soon and hopefully can continue to get back there. Uh, guys, one more thing before the seat index. Lalana signed a new contract, 150K a week. Uh, that puts him on par with the highest paid players on our team uh, with uh, Coutinho and I believe Milner and Serge is right under that, I think. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I, I'm very confused. I, I, I'm on the fence with this one. I don't, I don't know what to think. How, what, do you, what do you think about this contract? Is it, is it good to get him, you know, he's a crucial part of our team. Is it good to get him locked up, especially in his, what Klopp said, so-called his prime years, even though he might be a little bit past that. But while he still can provide a lot to the team, was it good to lock him up? Was it good to, to, to keep him in the squad? Or is it like, all right, this is incredibly too much. What does this mean for all the other players' wage demands? I don't think a half a season proves the high value of a player, right? Uh, he's been with Liverpool. This is his third season. It's been lovely, but I think he's got to complete an entire campaign to really deserve the top-level cash. And you're right. He's 28 years old. He's not, you know, 24 or 25 even. So, yeah, I, I'm not as uh, as bullish on this. I'd like to see more production, you know, through the end of this season, for instance. I would like to achieve top four before I r- really bet bet the ranch on Adam Lallana. He's his running is phenomenal. That has continued. That's persisted. But I want to see the consistency year to year. That'd be lovely. Yeah, that would be, especially with you know just solely producing. Ali, what do you think about this contract? So I'll play devil's advocate. Um, I guess it's just so inflated at this point that 150 is a little different than yeah, but what I it mean, was back then. But, but listen, like Coutinho, I know you want to play devil's advocate, but Coutinho just re-signed a contract for the same amount of money. Like you don't think Coutinho is worth more than Lalana right now? Definitely is worth more than more than Lalana, but it could be a different plan of attack. Like we could be getting ready to sell him, get him on a big contract, get a bigger feedback. I don't know. We don't know what Klopp is thinking. He's 29 years old, but you sent me a funny picture the other day. It was Dave Hendricks' tweet where it was stating that Sterling in all competitions, he scored seven, got nine assists so far this season, just turned 22. 150,000 for him equals greed. Lalana, all competitions, seven and seven so far, almost 29. 150K, well deserved. That's the best way I can put it. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, I know they're different players <laughs> and they, they they play in the same position right now. They're playing in different positions, but I mean you're right. It's, I mean it, it just for me if if you're gonna give him 150, we should have given Coutinho you know 180 something like that 200. You know that's just how I see it. I, I I just for me seeing him as as now joint top making you know the most per week at the club. I just upsets me a little bit. I like Lana. I like him as the player. I just, the, like, he literally might be on the bench next year. He might. He actually might be on the bench I mean, next year. he should year. be. He sh- right. We don't know what's going to happen. I think you and I agree he should be. If we get Champions League, he most likely will be. But, I mean, that's that's a squad player making 150. I mean, you know, unless, just, he, unless he can just keep this form that he had at the beginning of the season, I don't think anyone will replace him. But we're starting to see the old Lana again, and that's why I'm saying this. Yeah, I mean, no, I I totally get that, but I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence. It, it's it's gonna like Jeff said. I'd like to see him, you know, hopefully live out this contract next year and perform well. So, well, the other aspect is like, why are we nickeling diming? You know, the wages between one player or another. This is a complaint 
I've got about all the other teams in the Premier League. Uh, if you're not paying the wages week to week, you're not going to get the great players. And the wages, not the transfer fees, the wages closely correlate to wins. So I would like to see that all of true. them make, making a little bit more. And Lalana maybe might be the bad example, but the difference between you know 150 versus 140. I mean, these are. Jeff, I think what, the what correlation is more towards bringing in bigger talent for higher wages than current squad and higher wages. Yeah, that's that's the thing with me. I, I think more of it's just like a comparison. All of the above. Like, if they're not making enough, they're more motivated to leave, right? So it, it cuts across the board. Listen, I, I get what you guys are saying and how everything's inflated. I think for me, just to look at our highest earning players on the team, um, it's just it's it's hard it's just hard for me to to see him at the top of that list. That that's all. Um, and I know that it's because he renewed his contract very recently. I'm on the fence. I I, I like Lalana. Hopefully he can he can play well the next couple of years and really live out to that contract. But we'll we'll see. Uh, guys, uh, let's go ahead and look at our our seed index ratings uh, for this week. So Jeff, I need uh, positive and negative seed index from you, brother. Positive and negative. Hmm, so much to choose from. I'm going to go with our energy and desire in the attacking third. So you could roll a bunch of themes into that. Obviously, Genie's play, uh, Mane's brilliance, and so much said about the flow in the game and how it was missing coming in, and we saw it back in this match. I think it projects well for the rest of the 13 games because – the boys obviously needed confidence from this one and needed to be back in the race for top four, top four. So critically important for the club. That is unequivocally my, uh, my positive seed index. Give that a perfect 10. I like it. And then, in ter- and then in terms of my negative, hmm, I'm going to go with, uh, Mignolet's kicking. Uh, <laughs> you know, you could, you could go a number of different directions with the negatives. Um, say son's karate kick to Bobby's family jewels, which I didn't think was very cool. Uh, but yeah, it's kicking game to the mid pitch. You know, that's, these are all the things you can't stand about Mignolet. And so it goes for me. All right. I like it. Ali, what do you got, man? Positive, negative, positive. Uh, you know, genie's pass for Monty's first yes. goal. When, um, not just the pass, his celebration, it was incredible. Yeah, was it, it was literally what I was doing. <laughs> that was great, yeah. So I just love that passion. Um, a negative will have to be, <laughs> I was going to say the 150k, um, <laughs> contract. It's fair though, got. that's fair. But, Ali G, the Liverpool homer. <laughs> no, I think, I think the contract is fair. I don't, I don't think it's like, I mean, Listen, it's not, you know, when we're talking about seed index, like what has got you, uh, you know, out of your seat, a positive, and what's got you kind of slouching back and negative. Like it doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world. But yeah, when you see that contract, it's not like you're getting out of your seat, you know, like, yes, we've just signed this guy to 150K a week. It's kind of like, uh, all right, well, let's. Well, the reason why, uh, yeah, the reason is because what is Coutinho thinking? He's like, okay, well, exactly. I'm the best player. This guy's making just as much as me. It took me so long to get that contract. I'm going to fuck off to Barcelona when they want me and play with Neymar and Suarez and Messi. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's it's tough. We'll we'll, we'll see what plays out. Um, you know, ho- hopefully Coutinho. I know a lot of people just say it. You know, I love where I'm at. I love the city. My family's always welcome here. But when someone like Barcelona calls up and says, "Hey, we want you to be the heir to Iniesta," you you don't say no. Um, ho- hopefully we can we can keep him for another year if we make Champions League. I think we have a real shot at keeping him for at least another year. So we'll, we'll see. But um, my positive. Uh, seed index was where are all the FSG haters? Uh, I think it was really funny to see that 
oh, we win, and there's literally nobody on Twitter who comes out all like, FSG this, <laughs> FSG that. Uh, and then when we lose, they're, they're out everywhere. So I think it's just kind of funny that, um, you know, we, we dominate Tottenham and, and then there's, there's still no, no one out there going all crazy. Um, so that was positive for me not to just even, like, I didn't have to see that. I didn't have to, like, log on Twitter and, and yeah, dude, I didn't see clop out at all this last week. It's kind of cool. So, uh, that was my positive. Uh, my negative, I think it's just, um, the realization that, that Joe Gomez just needs a lot more time to get back in um to his to his form and recover from his injury or or maybe he just never will be uh what he could have been you know because of this injury uh I, I thought honestly I thought by now since he's been back for over a month that he would have made his way into the first team squad and and, and start so I think maybe that's the negative for me is just uh I, I probably would have liked to to have seen a little bit more of Joe Gomez but it's more of a realization that all right like this is neat, just it's going to take some time for him to to hopefully get to where he needs to be so um, that uh, just thinking about our negative, that's it. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to just go ahead and, and list a couple of things that, uh, maybe you guys can contribute to and, and, you know, what, what we're looking forward to for the next couple weeks and especially to the lesser game. I think one thing now is, is that, uh, we have one game a week and we can just focus on the league now, make sure everybody's fit and, and firing and rested. So I think that's something really positive to look forward to. Uh, for the, for the academy, Ben Woodburn and Harry Wilson both scored twice. Some incredible goals, by the way. You guys should go look at the highlights of that. Ojo scored as well. So at least they're getting minutes and performing well. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they continue to develop. Unfortunately, we don't have any, you know, cup games that they can play in, but, uh, you know, just excited to continue to see their progression. Uh, I mean, you can really see Jurgen's, like when you're watching these, these games in the academy, you can really see Jurgen's influence on, on how, you know, far down it goes. Like they are pressing crazy and they, and they are trying to emulate exactly what the first team squad are doing. So, um, really, really looking forward to that. Uh, and one thing I'm looking forward to that it hopefully can turn into a positive is just how we're going to be able to break teams down moving forward. Because again, we've talked about how we play against top six sides. Like we played very well against, Tottenham, but that's because they come out and they like to press as well. Well, you know, Leicester is a team that likes to sit back and, and get and get you on the counter. Uh, and, and there's going to be some some other games that we're going to be playing the rest of the season where teams are going to be doing that. So I'm looking forward to seeing if we can progress and and really hopefully with a healthy squad that we can start breaking down some of these teams. I don't know if you guys have have anything else that that you're looking forward to uh, for the next couple weeks or even the rest of the season. I'm right 100% with you on lower table sides that those are going to be the new top six for me. And what I'm really looking forward to, I mean, we've got Leicester city that has been dreadful and I don't expect even going to King power them to be any different than that. So I'm looking for that, especially with weeks and weeks of prep to be us. No problem. But as you look down the rest of the schedule, Burnley that got a red circle around that one, uh, Bournemouth, at Anfield, <laughs> really looking forward to that. Watford, um, so there, it's all of the lower table sides that are, you know, cause for consternation. And I think that's what's going to block us, you know, if we don't come out successfully to a top four result, which would be catastrophic for our transfers, for bringing players in, for even keeping players going forward. So it's all about beating the lower table sides for me. Yeah, and, and hopefully we can continue to do that. Ali, is there anything else, maybe the goalkeeper situation, anything that you're kind of just looking forward to seeing how uh, it, may, it may play out in the next uh, couple of weeks, maybe to a couple of months? 
Excited to watch Mane Firmino continue. That's that's about right. It. That that front three. I mean, that is something to look forward to. I mean, they, we really haven't had that front fleet f- front three playing together consistently in a while. And and I think uh, you know Klopp's mindset right now is before this game, he says, you know, I want to win the next fourteen games or thirteen or fourteen games. You know, that's that's in my head, and and that that's what I want to see. It's what I want to do. And I really think we're going to be playing for the win for for pretty much every game that we go out. Uh, against, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to just seeing how this top four race goes. So, a lot to look forward to. Got a little break right now, which sucks. Uh, I mean, at least we can watch Champions League and, and, uh, hopefully some, some results go the way we want them to, just in terms of, uh, neutral fans watching. But, um, guys, appreciate you getting on. Uh, everyone, you can follow us at TalkOnFP on Twitter. Obviously, you can go to footballpurists.com. Got a lot of stuff there. Uh, and Ali, where can we find you on Twitter? Ali GFP or Ali G underscore FP. I can't remember. It's one of those. I think it's the underscore. But, uh, okay. Yeah, that's the one. And also, you guys can search us on any podcast app, Android, iOS, whatever, Apple. Um, just search Football Purists and you'll find uh, all the talk on episodes. We got other stuff on the channel as well. Exactly. Yeah. Some more, some more podcasts and channels and stuff and, and articles. So Jeff, uh, what do you got, man? Where can we find you on Twitter? Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two T's on the Twitter. All right. And you guys can find me at J Vishny. That's J V I S H N Y guys. Really appreciate you getting on Ali, the face behind football Pierce. Thanks for getting on. And Jeff, it's, it's <laughs> been a couple of weeks. So really happy to have you on again, man. Uh, so guys, great to be back. Thanks again. And as always talk on, talk on, talk on boys. <laughs>